Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, it's August, and it's basketball time for Kentucky basketball. Yeah, fortunate to, uh, you know, every four years we get something like this. And uh, for Kentucky, back to the Bahamas, a place it's familiar with, played there several times, uh, not only in the preseason exhibitions, but they've also played a couple of regular season games there, right? At least one against Arizona State um, yeah. five years or so ago. But yeah, we, we've got a little exhibition schedule uh, starting off the night at 7 p.m. I believe all those games are going to be on the SEC network, right? Yeah, they are. So pretty cool. I mean, I always like that it's a little because so many of us are, you know, kind of, man, once you go to fan day, and watch that first open practice. I think you kind of get locked in on football season, but it's nice to have a little, a little break and get some UK sports in here uh, for the next few days. And I know this is a season, uh, basketball wise, we're we're all anticipating a lot. So many familiar guys back, yet just enough new players uh, to be really excited about uh, what we're going to see tonight and in the days forward. Yeah, that's the that's the thing, right? So ever since this roster was put together and Dutero was the the last piece, I know we're still waiting on Kingsley to arrive on campus here in a few weeks, but you start this whole summer of just talking about, you know, what is Kentucky's backcourt going to look like? What's the rotation going to look like? And, and we won't get all of those answers in the next four days, but you do, you will get an idea and a sense of where some of these guys are in August, like, uh, you know, what is Kentucky going to do with, with Chris Livingston? Uh, what is Antonio Reeves' role going to be? And we, and we know that all those things are going to change, especially as you go down the stretch here towards October, November, December. Uh, Kentucky will be, I guess, playing with a, pretty much eight guys. I know C.J. Frederick and Adutero will both be limited, according to John Calipari yesterday, about 10 to 15 minutes each. Uh, Tiro d- dealing with growing pains, Derek, and I know you, you've seen pictures <laughs> He's probably grew two inches since he arrived on campus or since he committed to Kentucky. And then Frederick, we know it's, it's more important for Frederick to get out of this week healthy than this for him to go out there and hit a couple of threes for Kentucky. You're right. Yeah. And uh, TJ Bisner, I'm not even sure what his official title is now over at UK. Um, Cal's right hand man's what I call yeah, it. <laughs> essentially. Uh, he tweeted that when a dude uh, came on his visit, that TJ was, was still taller than him. And then he came back or here recently. And then now uh, Adu is taller uh, than TJ. So yeah, crazy, uh, very intriguing. I would imagine he's, he's pretty raw. I mean, this is a guy who didn't really come on the uh, prospect scene until the spring ended up here at Kentucky. Thanks to probably to some family ties more than anything, but a guy who I don't think any of us have a whole lot of expectations for this season, but I mean, my goodness, if he grows to be six foot eight or six foot nine and can keep those guard skills, I mean, you're talking about a wing who who could be pretty intriguing uh, and a guy who seems like if he's coming here, he's willing to commit a few years to the development. So he is pretty interesting. Um, you mentioned Frederick, a guy that obviously has a lot of college experience but hasn't gotten up and down the floor and played in a real game. And I know this is just an exhibition technically, but uh, still much different than – any kind of inner squad you would do in Lexington. So be interesting for him. Sean, I really don't know anything to just be truthful about these teams. Uh, I know they've made a change because originally I believe Kentucky was supposed to play the Dominican Republic's uh, under 22 team, but Cal Perry tweeted 
oh, I don't know, in the last 20 minutes or so that they're going to be playing a few older players. And I don't know how old that means. Uh, probably older than college kids' age, though. So that'll be interesting. Um, more so than wins or losses, though, what are some of the things that you want to see out of Kentucky, not only tonight, but over the course of this uh, these next three to four days? Well, and that's the hard thing to kind of pin, pin down. I, I know – for the, those that were there yesterday and the reports that were coming out of that open practice, there was a lot of focus and attention to detail on defense. And I, I think that's an area where you want to see where they are in August. To me, that's, that's an area where they're going to be behind. I actually expect the offensive flow and the things that they're doing there and, and making shots and scoring points. I think that's going to be ahead of the game because they have so many experienced guys coming back. You've got Shebway anchoring the post. You've got your point guard back. You've got experienced players that have played some college basketball to blend in with those freshmen. I think that's going to be an area where they're they're okay. I think the defensive communication and attention to detail there, I think that's where there might be a little bit of concern now. But I think you're going to see flashes of how good they can be on that end of the floor as well going into the season. So that's some things I'm looking for. You mentioned uh, Cal's tweet. He also added that uh, he and Bruiser Flint will be evaluating the team from a distance. So we know that he won't be coaching. So that's something yeah. that he did yeah. there a few years ago as well. Uh, he likes to get that look at his team uh, from a distance and kind of just evaluate them from that vantage point. But you will see Orlando Antigua and, and those guys coaching the team. Yeah, and a good opportunity for those guys. I mean, obviously, Orlando's been a head coach in the past. Uh, I don't – well, Chin Coleman has, but not at the college level. Uh, and then KT Turner, also a new addition, who's not been here a super long time, but he'll be down there on the bench with those guys. So, yeah, it's – I figured that would be the case, but Cal did confirm that here uh, recently. So, well, some of the things I'm looking forward to, uh, defense I think is a great point that you make. I'm more looking at individuals and top end probably to me is the guy I'm most intrigued to see. Um, how has he developed his jump shot? Playing now what we will assume once the season starts will be starter minutes versus having a split time. And, again, maybe that's not a guarantee. Maybe some other guys – uh, work their way in but assuming he has a higher workload maybe around 30 minutes per game and that might not be the case in the Bahamas but how does Toppin change in that regard what kind of value can he bring and I'm wanting to see how much that jump shot's improved um, you know this will be a different especially with Cal not coaching them first time playing and you know in a real game per se since March I mean I'm not expecting too much out of anybody, honestly, on this trip. But Toppin's individual development and then Damian Collins, a lot for the same reasons, just because I think those two are similar and that you see a lot of untapped potential. And uh, Toppin's obviously a little bit older than Damian, but, you know, Damian physically, how does he stack up against what we assume will be grown men <laughs> uh, in these games, at least for a few of them? So those are two guys in particular because a lot of the other guys either I feel like I have a pretty good – grasp on what they'll be like Wheeler I think we understand his game does he shoot it a little bit better again nothing that I think is going to be answered in the Bahamas uh Oscar just expect him to be a force um and then the new guys I mean I've seen a little bit of Kaysen and Livingston um but I guess I'm curious to see what, I'm very much more open-minded I guess I would say on those guys just because they don't have a very large sample size or really any sample size at all in college basketball Whereas these other guys I mentioned, uh, we've at least seen them play a little bit. So those are probably the the main things I'm looking to uh, watch tonight. 
and that he's had. Yeah, and you know, I, I texted you yesterday and was talking to you about the starting lineup and and who I think it'll be and the, the way John Calipari will go. And it it wouldn't shock me if they change it up and mix it up throughout yeah. the week. Maybe do something different each game, looking at different combinations. And it, it's unfortunate that they can't be at full strength with Frederick playing twenty minutes or getting to look at a do for an extended period of time and some of those guys. So that that's going to change it up a little bit, which is going to give guys like an Antonio Reeves some more opportunities and, and and that's the guy I know we didn't get to record and talk about the open practice of the telethon last week but if we had that was going to be one of my takeaways was I think Antonio Reeves I said it on this podcast back in the spring he's not going to come to Kentucky and score 17 18 19 20 points a game I just didn't think that that would be his production and his output and everything there but what I saw in that practice the other day it wouldn't shock me if he has some games where he gets to 2021. It wouldn't shock me if he has one of those games on this tour over the next four games. But having that experience in under his belt, I think that's going to help him. And I think he's going to be one of the guys we're talking about on Monday when this tour is over. That's a good point. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, I think one of the biggest questions when he talked about Kentucky is outside of Oscar and what he's going to bring you, like where is the scoring going to come from? And Savier's had his games where he's, you know, been been uh, doing pretty well in the scoring column. But, you know, he, he's going to facilitate for the most part. He's going to be a guy who might lead the SEC and assist once again. Um, Wallace, a good two-way player. But I, is it unfair to say he's probably a little bit more known for his defense at this point? Doesn't mean he's bad offensively. But the first thing a lot of people, if you ask someone who's watched Case Wallace play about him, it's very rare that his offensive ability is the first thing that people want to talk about. Uh, whereas you would probably flip that with Reeves, right? Like that was probably the selling point getting him here from Illinois state was that he is a, a more veteran player who year over year at Illinois state, his scoring numbers went up, his shooting numbers. I think his shooting numbers went up. Uh, you might want to fact check me on that last part, but I know his scoring definitely went up year oh, over year. It, it went up. Yeah. I think his sure. three point shooting last year was definitely the best of his career up to this point so you know that's probably what his role is he's got great length i think he could be a pretty good defender um but a guy like that i'm on both levels not just defense but offense as well like you are going to be facing better competition night in and night out in the sec and just in the uh, overall schedule versus what he saw at illinois state but to me like when you're trying to fit guys into how they you know are gonna what roles they might be on this team like i to me, there's no other way around thinking that Antonio Reeves needs to be a, a bucket getter for this team. Yeah, and, and looking at his numbers, it did go up. So his three-point percentage went from 30 as a sophomore to 39% as a junior. His two-point percentage was 51 as a sophomore, 50, almost 52 as a junior. So uh, just looking at his numbers, uh, to me, he's not going to shoot 15 shots a game at Kentucky like he did this past season, but it wouldn't shock me if he gets to that number of 10 shots a game that he had as a sophomore where he mm -hmm. scores 12, 13 points a game. Like I think that would be the perfect amount of production from him. So when it comes to starters tonight, I told you yesterday, I think it's going to end up being <laughs> Wheeler, Reeves, Toppin, Damian, and Oscar. I think that's who he's going to roll with in game one and then bring case and Wallace off the bench. And I think it changes in game two. I think they'll mix some things up. Maybe the second half starting lineup is completely different than the first half. I expect them to do some different things, but that's going to be my prediction for who takes the floor as the opening five tonight. Well, if that's the case, 
you said Wheeler, Reeves, Toppin, Damian, and Seaway. Yep. So four of those five guys are seniors. And then one sophomore. So no uh, no freshman in the lineup would be interesting. And it would also be a great way to start, even though it's an exhibition game, just to get people already fired up about playing Jacob Toppin at the three. So just for the chaos factor of an exhibition game, I kind of hope you're right that uh, Jacob Toppin goes out well, there at the three. And, and I think it's giving guys opportunities that have been there. And I, I think that Damien, at that four spot, I think he's going to get the call. I think Toppin has been working on his face-up game and his three-point shot enough that he's going to let him play there at the three. My Do thing I with think that, though, Sean, is like I don't unless he's gotten a lot better, like I don't think Toppin can handle the ball well enough well, out on the wing. And that, I, no, and that's the other thing, too. I don't th- If that's the lineup that starts the game, I don't think that's what it's going to be for even 80% of it. I yeah. think that it's going to change. Uh, they're obviously, to me, shorthanded in the backcourt, so you're not wanting to start Reeves – Case and Wheeler all three together because we with, with Frederick only playing uh, limited minutes, a dude playing limited minutes. You don't have a ton of options there. It's I mean, true. yeah, you can play you can play Livingston at the three. You could play maybe even at the four. Some. I just feel like that Damien's going to get that first look at the four because I do think that that's a position that John Calipari wants him to play when it gets down to December, January, and into the SEC schedule. But I still think that you're going to see those three perimeter players a lot with Wheeler, Wallace, and Reeves. That's a lineup I'm looking for. I, I do want to see CJ in that limited role. If he can give a stretch five or six minutes at once with some guys, I want to see what Kentucky does with some of these lineups. And with Reeves and CJ together, those are two guys that can stretch you out on the offensive end when you're when you're defending. And I want to see what they do with some other matches. Uh, how much does Livingston, does Livingston and Toppin play together? Like there's all kinds of things that I'm looking for going to get a lot of this stuff answered in the next four days get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th hosted by kevin hart the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So, what, uh, how many minutes? What's the restrictions for Frederick and Tiro? I think, uh, it was reported 10 to 15 minutes, I believe, is what was, I think that's what Jack, Jack put out there yesterday. And I know Kyle was down there as well. So, 10 to 15 for those guys. I mean, it's at least you're getting minutes, but you would also think that Frederick's a guy that's probably going to play north of 20 when the season starts. Yeah, you're, uh, I hadn't thought about that angle about the backcourt depth because you're right. There's not – if you're playing – if you're starting the three guards and Frederick's only going to be able to play here and there, you are kind of going to run the risk of playing one guy just like 20 minutes. Oh, you're, you're definitely in better shape right now in the front court than you are in the back court. Yeah. When it comes to playing four games in what five days? I believe that's right. I believe Friday is the uh yeah, Friday is the off day. Um 
no, I think these are good, good, good topics we've discussed. And I'm, I'm just excited to, to be able to watch this. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, there are benefits to having years uh, where there are a lot of new players because you can talk about, you know, guys actually get to go out there and gel a little bit more on a trip like this. But I, I'm, I'm happy that this trip fell on a year where there are so many returning players um, just to see the strides that those guys have made. There won't be as much uh, newness. It's not really a good word to use, but you know, they're, they're, we know what the core is going to be. And I think that's good. And I think we know probably the right questions to ask about this group and just the fact, just some of the comments from Cal. And I don't know if he's, you know, you got to, take it for what it's worth sometimes when Cal's talking but I think I saw a tweet from someone that said he's basically saying that like the way they're practicing right now sorry my cats uh, we're moving if I don't know if you can hear anything in the background but we're moving and we have some boxes well my dog's going berserk right now because your voice is coming through the cat is getting in a box and jumping out so just have to deal with it for a few days until you get moved out of here but uh made me lose my train of thought I don't know where I was going with that anyway so uh that you're talking about you know, the newness and, and things like that. And I guess the experience and the guys they have coming back, like, yeah. I don't know where you were going with that. <laughs> now that I think about it. Flame Fern. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think it's going to be a, a good, a good opportunity. Oh, the, the practice. That's what's talking about. Cal talking about how it looks like a January group already or the way they're practicing. Um, I can't, maybe UK tweeted that out, which again, like, is he saying that to, to pump these guys up or is it truthful is it are, are they really more you would think that they would be more advanced whenever you have your well, starting point guard back when you have the national player of the year back in the front court plus two three other guys where collins and uh toppin who have all been here for multiple collins just one year last year but the other two have been here for two years like they should be much more advanced than what maybe they have been in the past couple seasons Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And and to me, the, the two most important positions you could have on the floor back, one is your point guard, and then two is your guy that's anchoring the paint. And there's none better in college basketball than Oscar Sheboy. It affects the game in so many different ways. Uh, we know he's been working on that jump shot. That 15-footer that he hit last year became a staple of his game. You got uh, Xavier Wheeler, who led, the, led all Power Five conferences in assist one year at Georgia one year at Kentucky. So if he does it again, I mean, it's three years leading all the power fives and assists when the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and those major conferences, that's an impressive thing to do. So you got those two pillars back, and then you mentioned all those pieces they've got back too, and, and breakout candidates like a Jacob Toppin or a Damian Collins who have all the potential in the world to end up, in my, in my idea, probably becoming all league players. I think Jacob Toppin could be an all SEC defensive team guy. I think if you if he has the big year that some expect him to have, he might find his way onto one of those teams at the end of the season as well. How much? One last thing on top, and uh, and I was kind of alluding to it a little bit earlier with him playing more minutes, but you know, much more likely case this year that he'll play more minutes. But just from a confidence factor, the guy you've competed for, or competed with minutes for the past few seasons, mostly Keon Brooks, I guess to a, to a, an extent Isaiah Jackson the year before. I mean, Collins can play the four. We think Livingston can probably play the four. But, like, in general, like, I kind of feel like it's top in spot, don't you? It is. So, yeah. like, how does how does that build on his confidence, no, don't, knowing that you're going into a year where 
one, you're going to have a lot more counted on you, but two, like you won't really probably be needing to, needing to look over your shoulder as much. Um, and you can probably just play a lot more than maybe what you've been able to these last few seasons. Yeah, well, I, I told you multiple times that I, I thought that Toppin should have played more a year ago, but we know that Cal was giving, you know, that that role to Keon Brooks, like that that commitment that he had to Keon being three years in the program. Well, now it's Jacob Toppin's turn. It's his third year in the program. It's his fourth year in college basketball, and I think that you're going to see Cal commit to that. I think you're going to see Toppin play a ton of minutes in large part due to his ability to defend one through four. And also his ability to run the floor and fly above the rim, make plays defensively at the rim, do some of those things that others can't do. I think that Toppin's going to end up being one of those glue guys in college basketball that a lot of national media guys are talking about when they're doing their season previews. Yeah, totally agree. I'm big Jacob Toppin fan. Can't wait to see what he uh, can do in a more full-time role. And again, Collins too, going back to him, like, once Oscar's out, let him go shoot his NIL stuff. Let him make his money. Uh, let's yeah. see what Collins can do with the five with Toppin out there. Like the lineup, I think I would really like to see. Just throwing it out there. Wheeler. I'd like to see them run with Wheeler, uh, Wallace, Reeves, Toppin, and Collins for a little bit. And I think it's pretty likely at some point you'll see that over the next few days, just because I think that's a great blend of one defensive potential athleticism across the board but think of how outside of wheeler like think of how long that group is though at, at the wings you got reeves he's what six six uh wallace is you know wallace isn't huge as wallace listed at six four something I like believe, that i six, believe three, so six, four. what a great defender though is what his kind of his label is and then two just bouncy dudes at, in, in the front court and top in you know showed you some of that potential last year with that block in the uh, SEC tournament, just what some of the things he can do. I mean, his athleticism, if there's one thing we all know about Toppin, it's just that he's a freak athlete. The 360 dunk in the game against Auburn, uh, I mean, take your pick. He's, he's done a bunch of things that uh, prove that. And if you don't believe it, watch his brother, and because those two just get compared all the time about uh, both their – great genes in that family, no, no question about it. Um and then Collins, you know, to me last year, Collins was like still trying to figure out his body. Yeah. Like he was long and it's like, he didn't really know how to use it. Like, has he grown into his body a little bit more this year? Is he going to have some better body control? Because once he figures that out, I mean, the sky's the limit for that kid. Oh, I agree with you hundred percent there. And a uh, couple of things. We know there will be points over the next four days. Like hopefully in, in my opinion, I want to see a close game at some point. Like it, it's it's fun to watch them go out there and win by 20, 25 points. It's fun to go out there and see them dunking on people. But some, I mean, these teams, some of them are going to be grown men, Derek, and they're going to have some. They're going to have those bodies of professional basketball players where Kentucky's got some guys coming in who are still developing those bodies, like a Damian Collins. So you're going to see uh, maybe some guys getting pushed around at times. I want to see Kentucky in a situation to where they have to execute and get something out of it down the stretch of a close game, and maybe they win that game. I know uh, the team there that went 38-1, they lost the final game of that tour. Uh, the team four years ago, they went undefeated in this trip, didn't they? Yeah, they did. So maybe they go undefeated. Maybe they lose the game. Maybe they go 3-1. and one, But I, I do want to see a stretch to where they have to play through some adversity 
in situations. And then you kind of find out what you got in August. You get some questions answered. Right? Who's your guy that you go to to get a bucket? I think it's going to be an Oscar Shibway on the block. I think it's going to be some uh, pick and rolls and some of those short rolls that Oscar Shibway knocks down that 15-footer that he mastered a season ago. So uh, is, is Casey Wallace your go-to guy late in situations? Who's your primary ball handler late in the clock? you're going to get some of those questions answered over the next four days. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. And you usually don't get this until November against some good basketball teams or against some quality competition, but you're getting it in August now. And that's such a benefit, especially when you're going to have a team that's going to be ranked inside mm-hmm. the preseason top five. No question. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are counting down the minutes until 7 PM tonight. And I'm still technically scheduled to be out on a golf course for my golf league, but it's showing rain in uh, Lexington this evening. So I'm slightly hoping it gets canceled. Like either way, I'll be able to go and tune in. Uh, I'm assuming someone will put this on YouTube or actually the uh, watch ESPN app will almost certainly have a replay. So I will get around to watching it, but I, I do kind of hope I get to watch it live, but made a commitment to this golf league before I remembered that, uh, which I mean, I probably wouldn't have let the one, four-day stretch uh, or five-day stretch of UK basketball affect me from playing in a two-month league. But those are the choices you got to make. So we'll see what happens. I got a feeling I'll be sitting in front of the couch tonight, though, tuned in with everybody else at 7 p.m. Well, you know me with basketball. I'm, I'm like a kid on Christmas morning right yeah. now who's just walked downstairs and the tree's full and underneath the tree's full of presents, and that's basketball for me. So well, you I think I about, too, like they're going to be done on August 14th. So you're going into that next week. You really only have two more full weeks left until uh, Kentucky football. And okay. I mean, even close, I mean, if you're just a college football fan in general or football fan, I know NFL preseason starts soon, but week zero is, you know, two weeks from this weekend. So, I mean, like it's, it's, we've, we've basically made it. That's kind of how I feel. Um, especially with the starting off the night, like there's only going to be a few more nights here in the future before football is completely back. And uh, basketball's back tonight. I'm going to get a look at them today. I'm going to go look tomorrow. They're off on Friday. Be back on Saturday, and then they'll wrap up the Bahamas, the Big Blue Bahamas tour on Sunday. I believe that's a noon game on Sunday. I believe it's an early one. Yep, so definitely going to get a lot of questions answered. We're going to be right here to take you through it all. I'm not going to make a prediction because I do not know enough about the competition. Yeah. To go out there and say Kentucky's going to win by seven, Kentucky's going to win by ten, Kentucky's going to lose by five. So let's just kick back tonight. Let's watch some basketball, and then we'll be right here to talk about it. Derek, you have anything you want to add? No, just excited. Can't wait for it. As always, the show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub with three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. 